Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Welcome to Walk On Weekly with your hosts, Nebraska men's basketball players Sam Hoiberg and Jeff Grace III. This is Walk On Weekly, sponsored by the Scarlet Hotel. All right, welcome back into Tickle Weeknights. This is Walk On Weekly here with Sam Hoiberg and Jeff Grace III from Nebraska Basketball. Uh, obviously, you guys just came off a win a little while ago against Michigan State. Big win there. Didn't realize it was an 11-game losing skid. You guys were able to break that one, get a win over Michigan State on a surprising year from Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans being ranked top five in the AP poll. Tough start for them, but I still think they got great athletes. Should be uh, looking to get better throughout the season. But been a while since we talked to you guys. Just right off the bat, what's uh, what's been new to you guys? The Nebraska basketball season, we can pick up wherever you guys want to start here. First of all, school's over. Yeah, you want to pull that mic this, to you real quick? Yeah, yeah, I got you. So the semester is pretty much over right now for mm-hmm. me and Sam. So. No finals? You guys are done with finals? Down yeah, little. we're done with finals. <laughs> nice. Great big. feeling. Very nice, very nice. Uh, you get a lot of time to yourself and kind of just chill, like not really rushing in anything, uh, which is pretty nice. But other than that, basketball practice every day, kind of just games and everything else. Yeah, Sam, what about you? Yeah, it's all business now. This is the, like one of my favorite times of the year where we can just focus on straight basketball. Um, but, yeah, feeling good again after that win. We needed a confidence boost after those two letdowns, and uh, we're ready to keep moving. Yeah, what was the mindset? Uh, we'll just go quick back in time. Obviously, you guys start off the year awesome, playing great basketball, undefeated until you get to that Creighton game at home. Creighton, uh, that was a tough game. I think even if you guys are playing really good basketball, it's just hard to beat any team. It feels like a perfect storm game when they're knocking down threes. You can argue about the defense on the perimeter, uh, but that was just a tough night. And then the Minnesota game on the road, open up Big Ten Conference play. Uh, you know, in that second half, I'll be on Minnesota. They looked like the Big Ten West football Minnesota team. The way they're playing, you got to give credit to them. There's a lot of hustle out there. They definitely worked extra in that second half. But what was the rebound? What was the response like for you guys to get back home at PBA and um, be able to take down Michigan State? Yeah, I mean, I think that 7-0 and start, uh, we had a lot of confidence. But I don't think, like, in my personal opinion, the whole time, I didn't think we had played a full game. I didn't think we had played that well up to that point. And uh, it's, I think we kind of got a little bit comfortable with that. We did what we wanted to, being undefeated going into Creighton. And uh, I think we just kind of expected to keep playing like that and keep winning, which was not the case, obviously. And uh, we got out of that mindset, obviously, after the two straight losses. And I think it uh, kind of gave us a little pep in our step. And then, I mean, that Michigan State team is – a really good team. They got and, athletes. Yeah, they, That's the they, one thing I noticed. They yeah. still got a ton of athletes. They have pretty much all of their team that made the Sweet 16 last year, besides Hauser. Um, and we know that's going to be a big win by the end of the year for us. And uh, we, I mean, we now know that we can't get too comfortable, can't get complacent. And we got to keep getting better from where we are. Yeah. Real quick, how'd, how'd that three feel? <laughs> that was the K-State Tominaga range three. Um, it was definitely K-State was heating up in that game. And obviously, shot clock's running down. You have to force that one up. But is that? do you even practice that range, or is that one just a feel-good shot that went in? I mean, I have practiced those shots before. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, not on a consistent basis. I've actually been dealing with a bit of an injury, so I haven't been getting a ton of extra reps outside of uh, practice. But uh, when I shot it, it felt great. I was like, this <laughs> has, I was like, this has a chance to go in, and it, and it did. So I wasn't surprised when I went in. Jeff Grace, what was your uh, response when you when you saw that shot from Hoiberg? Because it felt like it was a big shot. Um, obviously, Nebraska it looked like you're getting some momentum there. The offense was clicking. That one just helps anytime you're running out of time on the shot clock there uh, to get it to drop, and especially from that range. Got the crowd back into it. Uh, but uh, from your perspective, Jeff Grace, how, how was your reaction? Um, I would just say Sam has all the confidence, confidence <laughs> in the world. Uh, at the end of the day, like not just that shot, like just the stuff he does, like the little things on defense, especially. Uh, so it really didn't surprise me that much. If I'm gonna be honest. And then at the end of that Michigan State game, Sam, they they want you to lock up on defense to stop because the uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Tyson Walker. Yes, he was going off in that towards the end of the second half there. Um, and it looks like they put you on him to slow it down. Is that something that they're seeing you as as kind of a key defensive stopper? Yeah, uh, I mean, Coach Ernie actually asked me if, if I was if I felt good because I don't think it, I wear like a heat brace on my knee just to keep it warm. And sometimes they don't know if I'm feeling good or not. But yeah, Tyson went on that run there. I think he had three straight threes or yep. something. Um, and then they put me back in. Yeah, I mean when we're in those tight games, they do offense, offense, defense. Uh, I'll be in on defense, but yeah, they put me in to guard him and uh, just knew that is kind of my role at this point and felt good. Uh, yeah, kind of lock him up there at the end. Yeah, it was good. Uh, good way to slow it down there. It just felt like one of those things where if you just continue to let him get going there, you get to a point where even great defense doesn't do anything. When the player gets to that level, I'm sure. It's a big thought with Casey Tominaga. Obviously, it feels like teams are constantly chasing him off the ball. Uh, just to reflect back to that Minnesota game real quick, though, what in that second half do you guys think was really giving you guys a lot of troubles? Because in that first half, it looked like you guys were getting a lot of great off-ball movement through backdoor cuts, finding easier ways to the rim. Second half, looked like Minnesota wanted to completely take that away from you. Anything backdoor, uh, they were really trying to lock up. But what was Minnesota doing in that second half to kind of give you guys some troubles? Yeah, I mean, we... well from playing that game just kind of noticing it uh we just struggled with their pressure uh we just tried to force the issue we weren't back cutting it like we were in the first half uh they were worn through handoffs really aggressively and uh they got a bunch of steals on it and uh then just soft on the rebounding mm -hmm. which has been a huge focus of us uh in the past week uh we were not being the team that we know we are physicality wise and uh you know, they kind of just kicked our butt in that half. And I think when their crowd got into it, we kind of shut down a little bit. And that's something that we need to get be able to get through. And, um, yeah, but that pressure is kind of what started it. Uh, kind of surprised us a little bit. And I think having that experience of a game like that is unfortunate. We can't get it back. But we are definitely learning from it. And we know how to kind of play against teams that are going to do defense like that and uh, just be prepared for it. Yeah, Jeff, what about you? Um, I would just say not getting too comfortable. I would just say, like, during that time, first half, everything was going our way. Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't really much of anything bad, to be honest. Uh, and then the second half, obviously, you see adversity hitting and, like, things not going our way. So it's very different to be on the opposite side of the spectrum. Um, but I feel like now we have learned and our coaches are pushing us each and every day harder uh, just – to have those situations come up 
So I feel like now we're more prepared than we were. And I feel like that will be a learning curve to the season. Yeah, and I think it's good, right? Because the worst case scenario was you guys respond to that with another struggling to get back and you guys go 0-2 in conference play to Michigan State. But you guys bounce back, you win that one. Um, and obviously it hasn't been perfectly clean for everyone in the Big Ten. What was the guys' surprise level to see Northwestern first team take down Purdue? They're a really good team. I don't think any of us are too surprised by that. Uh, they beat them last year at home. And I think that any team in the Big Ten can win on any night. I mean, you look at the standings right now, pretty much. Is Indiana still up top? I Indiana is 2-0 yeah. in, I mean. Conference, too. They just got killed by Auburn. So we know they're not like some powerhouse right now. And then Purdue is the one team. Illinois, they're both. those are probably the top two at the moment right now that people are looking for to be the mm-hmm. number one. But we know that they're all vulnerable, and you could beat all of them, especially at home. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just seeing – really, I mean, Northwestern is really good too, so it just doesn't – it didn't surprise me at all. Yeah, and then uh, Wisconsin, even though I think they might even have three losses already at this point, but they've had a pretty tough schedule – Ohio State's been pretty surprising for me as well. That's a team that's really picked it up. Uh, is there any Big Ten teams this year that you guys talked about? Northwestern, no surprise there. Uh, but teams that have really looked pretty solid early in the season in the Big Ten that could be, I don't want to say a problem because you guys uh, are also continuing to get better yourselves, but teams that are really looking like a real challenge in the Big Ten that maybe we weren't paying a lot of attention to earlier. I think we pretty much just covered it be honest like ohio state ohio state illinois uh northwestern like northwestern surprise i didn't think they would be like just what sam was saying i didn't think they'd be able to kind of come back uh and keep competing at that same level well home court advantage plays a big thing Mm -hmm. but also like just like i feel like last year they were really good as well like with the camaraderie they have uh and obviously having boo boo as a point guard uh that's pretty helpful (laughs) yeah um but the biggest thing in the Big Ten, I would say, is just, like, capturing road wins. Like, that's a huge thing because it also, like, gives you momentum going into it. Like, not just, like, winning on your home court, but also winning on an away game. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're not really going to get as much calls. Uh, things aren't really going to go your way at all. So, like, I feel like Ohio State, uh, Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, just top teams that we've much mentioned i would say yeah absolutely and uh we got one uh from the text line here gus mohawk this is okay this is uh we got an nba question we'll save that one on the next segment here so i'll have you guys think about that about your nba starting dream lineups here uh, from gus but i want to talk about this your guys' free throw numbers what the hell happened you guys are shooting crazy good free throw numbers this season is it just a confidence thing it doesn't feel like you know the roster's changed all that much you guys are for the most part it's just different guy or a lot of the same guys uh just shooting better at the free throw line obviously you lose a few but especially in that michigan state game i think you guys hit eight of your last eight free throws to really seal it and put it away what's been the story behind the sudden jump in a solid free throw shooting number yeah i mean i think part of it is definitely personnel bryce williams and drink master both really really good free throw shooters and i think they're both in the 90s right now mm-hmm. uh obviously I feel, I mean, my percentage is not good right now, but I haven't shot many, and I feel like I'm very... Yeah, how many do you have right now? you got a small sample I've size. only taken 12. I'm like 60%, but okay. I know, like, my goal from now on is to not Make miss free all. throw for the rest of the season. Um, 
but I feel like I'm very confident going in to make free throws at the end of the game. Uh, CJ, very, very good shooter. Jamarcus's uh, confidence has jumped a ton in the free throw line. He didn't shoot well last year, but he's definitely more than capable of being a really good free throw shooter. And Josiah is another really, really good free throw shooter in practice. He was making 99 of 100 uh, in our when we have to do 100 on off days. Um, but, yeah, we don't have a guy on the team right now that goes to the line that you're like, yeah. But worried. You, you feel pretty good about like, everyone. Love Derek to death. But he, when he goes to the line, you don't know if he's going to make one or miss both. Mm-hmm. Um, and Greasel, was, he was solid, but he was probably upper 60s. He's not... 89 like Bryce Williams or Rink. So I think the guys that have the ball more are just really good free throw shooters. And uh, we could put out lineups at the end of games that are going to make free throws most of the time. Yeah. And you mentioned it. One of the guys, Mast, has been awesome to watch. You guys talked about him. You were pretty high on him before the season even started. Like that Michigan State game, he had 14 rebounds, um, really dominated in the front court. For throughout both teams for Michigan State they would love to have Mast on their side because they were really struggling with the front court uh, Tom Izzo really put it on that front court for that whole game it was interesting to hear him talk about it but with rank Mast and the rebounding you're solid there Josiah Alec we're seeing what he can do just being that massive size guy in there but what about Mast game uh, has been so makes it so much easier to play around because he's the guy that I just feel like whenever he touches the ball you don't you don't see him panic even when he had the shot clock winding down on him Felt like it took a while. He looked behind him, saw he had the mismatch. He puts up a simple little flip hook over the shot, uh, gets another two points for you, and a crucial moment in that Michigan State game to kind of weighed off the tie that Michigan State was putting together. So what about Rink Mass game has just been great to play around this season? He's very poised. Um, and with that comes, like, a lot of attributes with it. Like, just, like, if you cut, he's going to find you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't really have to worry about that too much. Um, and also, like, on the defensive end, he's going to play his heart out, honestly. Uh, he's going to go up against any guy. Good catch there. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no, no, never, <laughs> never, never. Uh, but, no, it's been a pleasure uh, just, like, playing with him also and, like, kind of like, trying to learn from him. Like, he's very competitive and also, like, his spirit of, like, him talking and, like, trying to get guys in the right spot and also just, like, making sure you're doing the right thing uh, each and every day. Like, when you, like, come in to and, like, come in to practice, like, he'll, like, say, like, this thing in the morning, and, like, everybody will be, like, excited. Morning. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody will be excited, like, just start the day off and, like, just having a round. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Sam, what about you? I mean, Rink's just a winner. He, Bradley was 26-9 and nine last year in the regular season, and he knows how to finish off games. And, I mean, his team won the league – and that was a big part of the recruitment of guys is that we want to bring in winners. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got a really, really good feel for back cuts. Um, and he had six assists last game. Uh, and yeah, I mean, really good free throw shooter. Obviously, he spaces out the floor for us and just does a lot of really good things that will help us win games. Yeah, and that's one thing. You mentioned it, the assist numbers. That's been an awesome stat to see. Nine in, nine out for the most part. The assist numbers have looked great. You guys have a different leading score, what feels like every other night. What kind of pressure does that put on other teams? When it just feels like you can't. It might be Bryce Williams. It might be Juwan Gary. It could be Kese. It could be Hoiberg, as it was early in the season. What kind of pressure does that put on other teams when your leading scorer, uh, it could be, insert any name? Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot harder to game plan for when you have so many guys, you got to worry about being able to put up big numbers because mm-hmm. 
for us, we try to focus on a few guys that are, I mean, typically scoring the most points for teams. And the more that they have, the and they will, I mean, a lot of times, even on, on any scouts, some guys will get forget, forgotten about a little bit. And then those will be the guys that go out and give you big numbers. So you obviously try to never, um, I mean, don't want to belittle don't anyone. Want, yeah, don't yeah. want to belittle anyone, but when you have guys that you can go nine deep on the bench, capable of scoring 15 points, and if they don't average a ton of points, it just makes it all the more difficult. And I think it can kind of surprise teams at times. Yeah, it's my whole argument. with like the NBA MVP, the reason why you rarely see them ever win the whole thing. It's like that's the most valuable player in the league. Typically, they're pretty much the guy for everything on that roster. The stats indicate that. The regular season stats, hence, give them the MVP award, but when it gets to playoffs, whether it's been Harden at times, uh, you know, even guy like Luca at times, it's a lot easier to lock up on that one key guy and expect everyone else who hasn't ever had that opportunity in the regular season to all of a sudden be that guy to be the game changer in a crucial, critical moment. I do going to ask you one more thing here before we go to break, and I want you to think about your all-time starting five NBA rosters. When Michigan State, when all three players slapped the floor on defense, <laughs> is that a no-no in basketball as a period? Because that's always one thing, at least even at my high school level at C2, you don't slap the floor on defense because it's almost like a disrespect thing. Uh, and it just makes you, I don't want to say its you can do it, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we're about to start going at you guys for for even daring to try that in front of our face. Oh, So I was in the game when that happened, and I'm not going to lie. Like I just remember like, it was in just unison. They, I was, I was <laughs> like, "Oh, they did that." I don't care. <laughs> I didn't give it a second thought. I was like, "They just, I mean, whatever they want to do to hype them up, it's not going to change a single thing." Um, I think it can be a little bit corny at times, but also, like, I see where people are coming from. What they want to hype up their team and just kind of psych themselves into mm-hmm. it. If it can help you, then do it. But I mean, we took we took the lead on that possession and never went back. So um, that's my thought. Whatever, man. whatever, whatever teams want to do and i know uh people on our team had different opinions than me they were really upset that they were slapping our home court Mm -hmm. i brushed it off um was just focused on winning the game was like oh these these (laughs) dudes just slapped my court i'm gonna win now i was was thinking about winning the whole time before that um but yeah it, it is what it is what are your thoughts? To me, I just know, like, if I did that in any of the games, yeah, again, it's it, even just at the high school level, I, I would have been clowned a lot, especially if it was on the road, especially if I got scored on on that possession. What, what are your thoughts on that? Honestly, you can't really think much of it at the end of the day. Uh, kind of just smile, just laugh it off. Especially if you don't win really the game. Don't worry about it, yeah. yeah. Then it really doesn't matter. Sam Hoiberg said you don't even give it a second thought, no. especially if you just score on the possession where they slap the court. But nonetheless, we got throughout the break here. This is Walk On Weekly. We got Sam Hoiberg, Jeff Grace the Third from Nebraska Basketball. If you guys want to join in on the show, start with him and text line 402-464-5685. Gus, the Mohawk, will get to yours on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We got two more segments up next.